Welcome to another episode of Flow Logic, where we're going to be presenting the curiously powerful wellness. I still like the tagline. I think it, I think it fits. I still like it. It's uh, it's good. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. It's working now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dr. Don Casteldi. I'm Jim Watson, construction guy. And we're going to be talking about this podcast is about taking a very compassionate look at looking at mental health in the workplace and of course the people therein. And part of our goal is going to be to have a very critical review on how do we actually improve the quality of life of people. So it's not just a doom and gloom show. We're not going to be just kind of solely talking about problems and then kind of like, oh gosh, you know, that was a, that was a heavy show. I can really relate to it, but what do I do with it? We want to make sure that our goal, how the momentum of our program is really going to be focusing on this aspect of improving the quality of life. So how do we understand ourselves? How do we understand situations? And how do we problem solve to be able to achieve an optimal experience? At the end of the day, this is why we call it active wellness, because wellness is not something that just happens to you, right? You have to be an active participant. And this optimal piece that we're talking about fits in with the whole idea of flow, because flow is about being in the zone, being on the ball, things are clicking, things are moving forward. And it's not something that's solely for athletes and artists and other sort of uh, people who might be in some sort of uh, um, field in which that really lends itself to a dedicated piece. I think, and it's been my experience in my life, and I know that you and I have talked that it's, it's been in your life, that when you're able to, as you've described, declutter all the stressors, all the you know, impending sorts of things that are happening, all the interference, and we're able to be attuned to a situation, we can, have, we can achieve this state of effortless control, that we can have this aspect in which we can improve the quality of our lives by being present in the here and now, but also actively trying to achieve something, right? Actively moving forward. And I think once we have that, once we can understand the ingredients of it, even if we're only able to achieve it, let's say, 30% of the time, 40% of the time, our lives are going to improve. Our quality of life is going to be able to improve. And so our hope is that we're able to have these discussions, my real life situations, your real life situations, and make it work. Exactly. So the other day we were talking about uh, when we first started working together down in Sarnia. Oh, wow. Yeah. With a tank yeah. cleaning company. And that had the back side, that had high pressure water side. Sure. Uh, I'd like to relive that event because... Sure. What I really want to talk about is how we can get people to be courageous about their personal safety, mm. especially, you know, a young person first on a job site yeah. or a young supervisor or maybe a seasoned vet who's put in a situation and maybe is intimidated by a situation that isn't and needs encouragement to show some courage yeah. in regards to safety. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great conversation. Um, so trying to think about that scenario, what maybe maybe recap that scenario because I've been thinking about it, there was so many. I mean, we go back to this whole idea that back then, this is like when, I, when I'm 20, um, like we're talking like 30 years which ago, which was yesterday, which was yesterday. That's exactly. right. That's right. I'm yeah. 21 now. Um, so you know, 30 years ago, and at that time, that company that we worked for, it was like the wild west. I mean, safety then to now is like worlds apart, and it was like the wild west. And I think about even how I got that job. <laughs> My dad wanted me to go to university, and I was like, ah, I want to make some money, right? I was out of school, I, you know, I wasn't able to find a job, I just wanted to make some quick money. So my dad, who's a blue-collar worker, 
working in refineries all of his life. He said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get you a job kind of thing. And so he got me this job, which was by far one of the worst possible jobs you could have. But to his credit, it had some cash to it. So he wanted me to have that experience, right? Well, if you want the big dollars, this is what you got to do. But when you're 20 and you're going into a really high risk sort of job, you get the grunt job. And so there was so many dynamics. So just to make sure that I'm clear as to which of the million scenarios there okay, was yeah. in that job, you know, well, can remind me. You the know. one I'm thinking of, this job would never happen today. Mm. I don't believe that it could. I would right, really right. hope that it would never play out again. <laughs> so you were cleaning the tank yeah. with a big vacuum hose in the sure. back truck out back. Yeah. There was no plan to how you're going to remove all that sludge mm. in the bottom of the tank. Mm. Um, minimal safety. Uh, you were on full air with no escape pack. So you had no five minute escape pack. Like you were hard pipe, or not hard yeah. pipe, but you were hosed right to the header. That's right. You didn't have an escape pack on you. Yeah. And they stuffed you in the hole and said, start sucking up that sludge kid. That's right. It, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the one I'm yeah. talking about. Okay. And the chemical, if I remember correctly, if it got on your skin, it would burn, like take the flesh right off you. It was horrible. Oh yeah. You had some rubber boots on, you had your rain slicker on and fresh air and that was about it. I remember having asking, so they, they, they open up the kind of the manhole piece, right? So they, 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 they get it all off and we're waiting. I said, so what's, what's in there, right? And they're like, oh yeah, this hasn't been opened in 25 years. I'm not really sure what's in it, but uh, we have to get it done, right? Yeah. And I know that on the way to the job, it's not like as if we have, we were wearing rubber suits that were chemical resistant on some level. We literally got rain gear. Yeah. literally got rain gear from the store like as if oh we were going up in the rain kind of thing right so we're literally wearing rain gear going in and the gloves that we had were uh, they weren't uh, uh, resistant to the liquids uh, that we were having they were just like regular kind of cloth gloves that were just supposed to go in and the only reason why we got rubber gloves and then duct taped them on us is because my um, one of my other co-workers um, back in the day, BW, uh, basically he got a, he got a chemical burn on his arm, um, from it. It's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, well, we better get some stuff here. And so we, all of a sudden we had that there. I, I can't remember clearly, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that, uh, while we were, you know, looking in and checking out and kind of sticking our head inside the hole to kind of see what it is and trying to shine the lights in there, we didn't have any masks on. So, I mean, just think about fumes, right? The exactly, air coming yeah. through, right? Just sticking in, well, well let's see, well, that, uh, look, yep, it's about this here, I can see, we'll take this angle, and it was really problem solving at, at that moment. I can't remember, was it, uh, I don't believe it was Liquid Larry running that job. Yeah, Liquid Larry was, uh, yeah, he was Liquid for a reason, I guess. But, That's right. <laughs> That's anyway, we'll, we'll, another podcast, we'll talk about that. There you go, that. there exactly. you go. Lots of nicknames in that place, right? Liquid Larry, Sidewinder, exactly. Shaky, Bubbles, I mean, all these guys, right? Uh, yeah, 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 quite the, it Matt was the, Kettle. Matt, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. I mean, there's, it was. It was the Wild West Certainly. days for sure, in comparison to now. So when, you, when I think about it in context today, yeah. um, you know, you asked the question, "What's in there?" Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Well, that you would hope that wouldn't fly today because we yeah. have MSDSs. You have a right to know. Sure. We talked about it on a different pod, podcast. Your first right, you have the right to know. You asked the question. Yeah. I don't know, kid. Just get in there and suck it up. Yeah, yeah. You know, that you didn't have an escape pack. Yeah. You know, there's all these failures mm -hmm. up in that. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to get to is your experience when you're inside the tank. Yeah. 
when things went sideways. Yeah. Well, in, in the kind of speaking to that, you know, there's this, you pose the question, you don't get the answer. And then if your group, because was, there was three of us as laborers, there was the guy running the truck, running the air, and there was another guy that was present there. And immediately when there was a hesitation of, I'm not getting the answer as to what's in there, then all of a sudden the ribbing happens, right? Exactly. The ribbing starts going, ah, oh, come on, you know. Yeah. What's and, wrong with it? Yeah, and it's always a rite of passage, right? Because everyone refers to, well, back when I was there, they just sent you in there with no, you know, Scott airtime. We drink this stuff, we put it in our coffee, you know, whatever, whatever description could be in place to diminish you as a person in your question and to say that it means that you're, you're whiny, complaining, and ever, you know, whatever sort of word that we want to use for that, we can all think of it with those things. That's what happens, right? So how can I push you down and raise myself up and basically say, hey, look, you know, you, you got to do this. If you want to be a part of this crew, you got to do it. And I remember being mindful of, you know, one, my, my dad got me this job, right? So I didn't want to have any sort of story go back to, to him. Not that my dad would have judgment on me because phenomenal, phenomenal man. Um, and I have a certain level of pride that I want to make sure that, you know, any story that gets back to him, it's going to be something that's going to be something he can be proud of, right? His boys having this job, right? The other thing was how many times in your life have you been a part of a new team, a new crew in which there's this ridiculous rite of passage thing where you are, you know, champ, skip, you know, whatever sort of minimizing or diminishing sort of name and you got to work your way up in order to finally not be that guy and usually what the only thing that happens is if you can make it long enough for the another new guy to come right yeah. <laughs> and then you're not the new guy anymore and then you, you kind of go from there um so in that situation we get in there and one of the other guys that was in the tank with me had uh something occurred with him he ended up having a panic sort of experience uh, he was done with what was going on, and he wanted to leave. He, he had to get out of there. On his way out, though, as he, because you all have this manhole thing, he gets out of the place. He's, you know, distressed, upset kind of thing. I can kind of see what's happening. And he gets out there, and just immediately following him getting out, all of a sudden my Scott Air mask goes, gets sucked to my face, and I got no air. And I'm already you know, halfway through the tank sort of thing. And I got to make it to the hole, but it's heavy, heavy sludge. It's like going through a, walking through a muddy field, right? So you're, you're going, my boots are not, they're just rubbers, right? So they're not, and they're not a part of my suit. It's not like a, a big one connected suit that you would have in such an environment. Kind of thing. My boots are slowly coming off. So you have to hold your feet a certain way to make sure that your boot doesn't come off and you're worried and you, you can't pull the mask off. Because you don't know what I'm going to be inhaling. I don't know what that's going to look like. So literally, I'm running for the hole. And then all of a sudden, I'm doing the, you know, the Superman. The, the Superman dive sort of thing, right? Home base. I'm just going to get through. And I go sliding through there. And I come out. And so from the guy that was running the air and the other guys that were there, the more experienced, oh, the young buck is decided he's going to jump out kind of thing. And so there's some laughter that's happening kind of thing. And I'm just like, I'm pissed, right? So I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I can't even breathe right now. Like, I'm, I'm pissed at this scenario. And they're like, oh, yeah, I must, have, I must have turned off the wrong hose there. Oh, well, you know, that happens kind of thing. Just kind of like washing it away. And so I'm just like, I'm literally gasping for air. I'm grateful to be out. Um, I'm not taking off the gear properly. I got stuff all over me, right? I don't know what it is. And so I'm still a little bit stressed. And then the ribbing starts, right? 
All of a sudden now it becomes, ah, you know, we'll just get you cleaned up and you get back in there, right? There's no consideration at all about that experience. It's like, well, you know, maybe, and I'll try next time to not shut off your ears. You know, I was talking to the other guy. It resulted in a really heated situation, right? It was a very heated situation. I still had lots of chemical on my hands and I would felt compelled to want to, I don't know, reach out and touch someone. Right. right yeah. um, I didn't, right? Nobody wanted to get kicked off the job. So all of a sudden, you know, a fight didn't happen at that point in time because nobody wanted to get kicked off the job. At the end of the day, okay, 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 right? So we let it kind of temper down and uh, let's just say it played itself out later on at the pub, right? Right. To be continued on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We won't have that story, but why did that have to happen, right? You think about those experiences and why did it have to happen? And interestingly, the next day, that ended up being part of my rite of passage because I didn't get any grief the next day because of what happened at the pub, right? So we end up having to... That is the wrong way to be able to find position on a job. That's the wrong way to be able to have the situation play out, right? Because now all of a sudden, what does it mean? Might means right. All of a sudden, the more toxic you are, the more bigger dog you are, that's how we're gonna have these relationships and safety. Very dangerous. It's terrible. Incredibly like, dangerous. Literally, you were seconds away from being a statistic. Yeah. Like if you would have slipped, if you would have yeah. fell, bonked your head, and those knuckleheads uh, probably wouldn't have paid attention. Like the hose was still going. Mm-hmm. It was still sucking up stuff. Oh, yeah. You were long gone. You yeah. had half an hour gone sure sure because we were we were in there for like at least hour intervals you wouldn't know yeah right you wouldn't know if i was if i was moving around or if i was um you know just right outside the hole right nobody's checking on you there's no i don't even recall even lights in there yeah i'm not really i'm having a hard time remembering that piece but yeah literally you know you're doing one hour one guy does an hour the other guy does an hour that that type of flip-flop yeah your whole watch was terrible, yeah. not mining the bottles properly. No one was yeah. checking in on you. Sure, yeah. You know, and again, you know, unfortunately, that scenario has played out multiple times, ending up in death. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> you, you slid through home base, you got mm-hmm. out, got yeah. the mask off. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately today, these things, people are put in situations where they don't mm-hmm. feel courageous enough to yeah. ask the question. Sure. And there's always some knucklehead saying, what's wrong with you, punk? Get in there, just do it. Yeah. You know? Yep. And we got to get away from that. We need yeah. to... Uh, so what would you suggest to... Uh, well, I want to talk about a couple mm-hmm. uh, different pieces to this, but for the young worker who is intimidated, there's, you know, these are... He's dealing with people who are 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 years older than him, mm-hmm. pushing him yeah. into doing something that doesn't feel safe. Sure. And for, like, I, I would like us to help people feel courageous when it comes to safety. It's okay yeah. to ask these questions. Sure, sure. You, should, you have to, right? You have, yeah. I think it, there's two things, and I want, to be, I want to be clear on it. This is not about putting all the responsibility on that young worker, right? You know, my, my younger That's self or, or the millions of other people that are there. It's a combination of the two. One, it is a responsibility of an organization, a company, management, supervisory people to create a context within that environment that lends itself to those questions, that lends itself to that conversation, right? That there's already, 
a narrative within that organization that, that says, yeah, we're open to be able to asking those questions. We're able to have that. And then it in turn becomes the responsibility of that individual person to be able to have the courage to do it. So both have to occur. When you don't have that, you end up having somebody who immediately gets viewed as being resistant or difficult because they're not just being compliant. And we've talked about this before. I'm a strong believer in moving away from people from being prompt dependent or passively compliant. So prompt, I give you the prompt or cue, get in there, right? Passively compliant, yep, sure, whatever you say, I'm just going to do it. We want to move away from that, prompt dependent and passively compliant, to a sense of community. And that sense of community means is that we're in this together and we're in this together to be not only safe, but also to be productive and efficient in what we do. And to have that, that means I have to be able to have a voice at times. I have to understand that I have a perspective in here. And I need to be able to have the opportunity to pose questions, to be able to have that understanding. But we have to have a context that is allowing for that sense of community. And so that's, that's a key aspect. Both of those things have to be in place in order to be effective. And I would say today, which is like we're talking about 30 plus years ago sure. when this all happened, that today a lot of companies are spending an awful lot of time on developing that culture yeah. and making sure that, you know, the supervisor right down to the, you know, to the brand new worker, to the seasoned vet who's on the tools, that everyone involved trying to move towards a positive culture. But unfortunately, these things still happen. Not yeah. all the time, mind you, yeah. but it still happens. And asking the question doesn't make you weak. Mm -hmm. It actually makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. But people are just intimidated. You're new on the job site. Sure. And as soon as you sign on, you're inundated with all the safety stuff that you may not understand. You're sitting there, you're doing the yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. You sign, put your name on. But do you really get it? Yeah. And like to your point, that's where you're looking to the journey person or to your supervisor to help mm -hmm. foster that, that mm -hmm. trust and uh, build upon that culture. I even have situations where, you know, I'm a strong believer in like a, a mentorship type of program, right? Um, mentorship, um, being able to have a, a guy in which you can assign to being that person that is the go-to person to answer them. And interestingly, who I would put a lot of times in that position is often somebody who is maybe sometimes the, um, um, the negative one in the crew. Uh, when I think about work that I've done in the past with people who are engaging bullying, um, or possibly uh, always being that kind of gossip negative person, right, within a team, that person that's always sabotaging things. And I'm asked to consult on those cases. One of the first things that I do is I offer a way in which we can provide that person with healthy empowerment. And people go, what do you mean? You're going to give that guy more power? Are you kidding? He's already been sabotaging all this stuff. So let me be clear on this here. Power gets a bad rap. Um, there's nothing wrong with having influence and power over your environment kind of thing. It's only when it is uh, um, violates the rights of other people or is diminishing of yourself that power becomes a problem. Oftentimes, that person who stays in the fray, that keeps with that kind of subculture of gossip, somewhere along the line believes or has an understanding that they're not either competent enough, they've been slighted, They've been, there's something that they have. It doesn't mean it's true. It just means that their perception is, is that I'm on the outside looking in. So they stay on the outside. So I want to be able to empower 
that person in the healthiest way possible. And sometimes it's saying, look, you know what? You've been five years on the job, six years on the job, 10 years on the job, so on and so on kind of thing. I think you have a lot of value. How about I support you in you mentoring this guy, right? You'd be the go-to person. And I find that the majority of the time, that guy all of a sudden shifts because now you, you've asked me to do something. What? You, you actually are valuing me as a person kind of thing to, to be a lead, in a leadership role? Cool, right? They'll go with it. And it's amazing how one person who may have been the uh, saboteur in the group all of a sudden really takes on this role and identity of actually supporting another person. You stay connected to ensure that that interaction is in a healthy way, but you've now empowered that person to be in that role. It's, it's, it can be incredibly powerful. Well, like you, I think what you're saying also too is that person may have felt they're on the outside. You brought them back into the fold. That's right. That's you're right. part of this unit. You're part of the team. That's right. That's right. An integral part of the team. That's right. And especially when you say, you know, you've been doing this for five, six years. You've been doing it for 10 or however long you've been yeah. doing it. Yeah. You know what you're doing. So yeah. why not share that knowledge with people? Yeah. Part of that discussion that ends up happening when you're trying to create safety around having this discussion, how can I ask questions without getting slighted or getting my head chopped off and all these sorts of things is being able to first acknowledge and say, hey, look, this seems like a simple job, but the reality is it's simple to me because I've been doing it for so long, right? You're not going to know all the little ins and outs of this job. I do know the ins and outs of this job. So when you see something, pose a question. And that's what you're encouraging um, of the new person that's coming into play. And so what I would say to that young person is to be able to ask a question in the form of inquiry. I'm trying to understand this. And this goes back to what this looks like. We want to create a culture of curiosity, right? A culture of curiosity means I need to understand more so I can better perform and do my job and do what, what, what's happening here. And I'm not going to make a judgment or assumption as to what is expected of me in this situation, right? And I'm not going to start off with my fears and my anxious going, ah, I'm not going to do that because it's, oh, that looks like crap. I'll just do it this way. Or I could do this easier. We want to create a culture of curiosity. So posing questions becomes a way that we can have diverse thinking, new ideas. And when you ask that question, we would say an expansive question. So, all right, so you want me to go in the tank here, all right? And I pose the question, what's in there? All right. And I get the question, I get the answer, I, I don't know what's in there. It hasn't been opened up in 25 years. Then I'm going to pose the questions further. Rather, for, rather than saying, well, I'm not fucking going in there. Right. Yeah. I'm not doing that kind of thing. Fuck you, I'm out of here, right? Rather than doing that, say, well, do you have any knowledge as to whether or not I'm going to be able to breathe in there. Can I be able to have my mask off or not? Well, no, no, we don't want you to have, you know, just, well, give you a fresh air tank kind of thing. So we're not really sure how it can impact you. Okay. Um, well, is there, can I just go in there with my regular gloves or is it, you know, is there something else that's happening here that I, I should be more, well, yeah, well, actually we don't know um, how this chemical might interact with your skin. So that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. So you're inquiring, you're doing your own assessment of inquiring what's going on here. Now here becomes, you know, in our discussions now, it kind of seems like a few obvious questions that you want to right, ask yeah. first around your safety. And it's not always that clear. But I think I would say uh, for that young person is to be able to say, hey, look, you know, I'm kind of new to this, this piece or this job sort of thing. Are there a few things that aren't necessarily in the manual that I should know about this job that can make it so it's, it's much more productive? Or 
Can I practice on a few things, right? So, or what if I need help with something? Because that's the other thing. How can I, you just ask for help in the middle of a job. So if it starts going sideways here, what should I do? Should I, you know, stop and ask you about it kind of thing? Or should I just kind of, you know, fake it till I make it? Because that's, that's what a lot of people do, right? They say, okay, they nod, they say they know, and they fake it till they make it. And a lot of people by chance do make it. Unfortunately, there's a significant percentage that don't, and they get injured, and the, side, and the job goes sideways, and, and all of a sudden there's no opportunity. Well, fortunately today, if anyone asks that question in any situation, they have to provide what the atmosphere is, what the chemical is, they have to do it, it's, it's law. Yeah. And what happened back then was, we know that was totally wrong. There was no plan. No. You know, they should have had a, an escape plan, you yeah. should have had an escape pack, you should have been in complete Spirian suit or a Spartan suit, the whole rubber thing going on there. Yeah. Should have had all kinds of things should have taken place. But it, it's an interesting dynamic is when you have a young person, they could be working in a bakery, they could be working anywhere, roads mm -hmm. construction again, um, any number of industries. They don't feel that they have, they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And they don't have the ability to ask that question mm -hmm. of like, or have the courage to ask that question. Sure. So sure. I like what you said though, is that it's not just the individual, it's everybody. Like yeah. everyone needs to foster this relationship to bring this up. That's right. Because I mean, when, when I think about it, you're, they were trying to bully you into doing it. Oh yeah. You yeah. Know, intimidate you with what's wrong with you. I'd be a wuss if I didn't go in. Exactly. Yeah. What's I, wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've all done it. Yeah. Meanwhile, and I, worse. Always yeah. worse. But the clue phone's ringing when they said they hadn't been opened up for 25 years. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they didn't know what was in there, right? No. It's just like, but you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And because they're the more senior persons, they're at the truck. They're having their Timmies on the way or, you know. And not paying attention to you in the home. Not paying attention, right? Yeah, they're talking exactly. about the weekend, the night before, whatever was happening, right? Whatever going on with them. So, like I said, you know, creating a culture of, of curiosity is a key aspect, right? The willingness, the reality is you're always gonna, yes, are you gonna get stupid questions sometimes? Yes, you're gonna get stupid questions, that's fine. Have compassion and tolerance for people. Sure, people are gonna flub on some things in their questions, but we still wanna create an environment that says, I'm willing to hear you so we can explore it through. How can we understand this? New ideas, diverse thinking, is how success actually occurs, right? We're constantly problem solving and thinking, even though this is a tank and there's a, a tank field of 50 other tanks just like it, and we've done it a certain way, possibly there's something being presented by this new person or this senior person on how to do this differently. And it doesn't mean that the other 49 tanks that you cleaned, you were doing it wrong. It just means that in this point in time, we're gonna explore this sort of discussion with these people. And that becomes the factor. The tanks are the same, the people might not be. Right? The human experience, the interaction, what's going on may not be the same. And that is a contributing factor for sure. Certainly. You know, when we think about uh, like opposite of that, I'm, I'm thinking of an individual who, uh, who showed incredible courage. It wasn't, it wasn't really a safety question per se, but um, we we're all standing around looking at this particular job and I had some ideas how it was gonna go. We had three mm -hmm. or four engineers around, brilliant people, and we're all looking at how we're gonna lay these plates down. And uh, you know, I had an apprentice with me because I want him to, to come along with me to see how this job was gonna develop mm -hmm. because he's gonna be part of the crew, 
mentorship, I wanted to bring them along. And we were all scratching our heads and how we were going to lay these plates down. And they had, we couldn't move the uh, machined uh, holes to put the screws in. We couldn't do anything with that. We couldn't weld the plates down. It had to be screwed. We had to take smaller plates off or thinner mm -hmm. plates off and put bigger plates on top of it. And the tolerances were basically zero. Mm -hmm. So wherever we drilled the hole and top, top the new uh, machine screws to go in, it had to be absolutely precise. Mm. We, couldn't, we couldn't agree on anything, so you got the engineers, you got me, mm. we're all spitballing, we're trying to figure it out. And I get a, I get a tug on my shoulder, and uh, you know, my friend looked at me, the apprentice, and, he, and uh, he says, I got an idea. And one of the engineers goes, shut up, kid. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. What do you yeah. know? You're just like, what are you even talking? Right. And he sort of, uh, sort of clams up a little bit, and I said, hey, well, I said, hold on here. I said, what's on your mind, son? What's going on, right? And he goes, why don't you just get some plexiglass, cut it to the sh shape of the plate, you know, lay it down and put a little dab where the hole's got to go. Then when you have the big plates, you put the plexiglass over top and you can drill through the plexiglass through that one-inch piece of plate. And it'll be perfect and precise. And the engineer who said, shut up, kid, uh, looks at him and said, you know what, son? Um, you're, I understand you're starting your apprenticeship. That's wonderful but I'd like you to consider going into engineering because we need more of that. Nice. Yeah, so nice. that's, you know, yeah, yeah. But he, like this, uh, and he's got a brilliant career so far. Uh, excellent leader, yeah. but he showed a level of uh, courageousness. Yes. Like most, most people wouldn't have said, hey, sure. I've got, they might have had that idea. Sure. You know? Um, and, and think about it, he had the courage to pose the question, he got shut down, Yeah. and then you kept it alive. And that's the context, right? That's creating a context, right? You were the one that was in there in relation to him to say, hey, we're, open. we're not going to suppress any ideas. We're stuck right now. Let's, let's hear it out. Recognizing it might be the worst idea on the planet. And it might also be an idea that has some, you know, helps us with some divergent thinking. Because that's really what you need at right. that moment. Yeah. You need some divergent thinking. You know, you guys were... Had you guys had you knew what you knew and you were solving it the way you were trying to solve it and it wasn't uh, it wasn't happening right so you needed a fresh idea, but you had to create a context and a relationship to allow for that idea to emerge right. You had to give opportunity for change to actually happen. That guy that first said you know shut up kid kind of thing there was no opportunity it wasn't going to actually occur. Right. So you in concert with that situation allowed that to actually happen. Well, I mean, I, I felt compelled because I don't because sure. I felt like he was being a bit of a bully. Sure. You know, and uh, you know, you said something about uh, dumb questions, but there's also mm -hmm. ridiculous answers. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and uh, and I've heard a million of them. Yeah. You know? Yes. Uh, but it was great to uh, see again uh, the senior engineer who uh, just took a step back and went, you know what, kid, you're smarter than I am. Mm -hmm. Because we just blew, like he's worth X, he's worth that. We're all standing around. We can't figure this out. Right, and right. You started yesterday. Yeah. And uh, we need you in engineering school desperately. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I want to correct the word that I said. I said you allowed this situation to happen. And if I was to describe it even better, like more accurately, when you think about culture and changing that relationship here, is that when we're able to create safety in our relationship where I can pose things and work it through. When I create psychological safety, social-emotional safety, 
then what I'm doing here is I'm allowing the situation to be available for what you have to offer. And that's what you did. You created, it's not that you allowed it like you're the, the governing person opening up a gate or whatever. You made the situation available for another opinion. And that's what, that's part of the piece, right? We can't always predict things and it's not always gonna have a certain methodology and direction. But if I'm continually creating a culture of curiosity, if I continually create a culture where I'm considering safety and perspective taking for other people, then I'm gonna now make that environment available for a whole host of new things, including that there. Right. You know, like for me, like I played high, you know, high school football. I mm. played at a junior level and I had a small stint with the University of Manitoba. Mm. Uh, actually, just before I met you, and that, that's, uh, that's how I ended up back right. in Cerny because I dropped out after my first year. Um, but whole concept of team. Yeah. You know, and we had engineering. We had a bunch of journey people there. And we had this young apprentice who, again, showed some incredible courage. Mm. And... It just sort of seemed like I like the concept of team. Yeah. You know? Sure. And really, and we talked about another podcast of how powerful that is. Yeah. About inclusion, not exclusion. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so interesting, you know, because people use the word team all the time. And then you go on so many sites. I can think about so many groups that I have worked with, you know, whether it be through your referral or through my own practice and everything. And it's really quickly when you get on site, you can see who is actually putting the eye back in team. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. kind of address it like, ah, oh, okay, here's the dynamic. I'm yeah, understanding exactly. this, this piece here. And they, people can struggle with it. I want to say one last thing around, you know, you're saying, what, what can that person who is trying to be brave, that young person put forth? And sometimes posing questions can be intimidating. Sure can. Um, posing questions is a form of what's referred to as imperative language. Commands questions, directions are all imperative, meaning that I'm posing a question, it's imperative that you reply back to me, right? And that in and of itself can seem to a lot of people confrontational. If you are concerned about that, then I would ask you to move over more toward what's referred to as declarative language. And declarative language is where you're giving more of a, um, a prediction. You're more giving a, um, an appraisal, a reflection as to what's going on. So for example, I may have said, well, looking at that situation, I'm wondering if I get in there and I'm not wearing the right gloves, maybe I'll get a chemical burn. Now that guy can respond, oh no, you won't get a chemical burn or that's a good idea or address it that way. Versus me posing the question, if I get in there without gloves, will I get a chemical burn? That might feel, depending on the team, too confrontational because that's imperative language. But if I'm reflecting on it, so I'm thinking if I go in there without my gloves on, I'm going to get burned. I might get a couple of people, I might know the answer to that, but I'm posing it openly. I might get a couple of people, oh yeah, of course, kid. <laughs> you don't go in there without your gloves on. Number one thing, make sure you have your gloves on. But I've got the answer to my question, right? And I've done it through some reflection, right? I'm thinking if I'm in there and my line is correct, my hose line for my air is connected directly to this one piece, I'm thinking that I'm really dependent on you to make sure that I can breathe. Is that, is that what I'm looking at here? Is that what I'm understanding? I'm posing those questions, right? I'm making it open and reflective so I can have clarity as to what's going on. And sometimes when we're feeling that we're with a group that is very intimidating or that rite of passage sort of dialogue or narrative is in place, that's a way that I can also address it. I can still pose my questions by kind of reflecting, predicting, posing it out in this very open way 
as opposed to doing the imperative piece, which is, you know, I need this now, which some people get their back up. You don't have the right to. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I like, perhaps on another podcast, is that I've talked about it a couple times, is when a leader, like for example, with this, uh, this absolutely brilliant individual who's got a great career now, um, see nothing but bright things for him in the future. Um, when a leader, like he snapped at him and said, what, what do you know, shut up kid, like mm-hmm. get out of here, mm-hmm. right? And then he recalibrates, mm-hmm. or she recalibrates, or whoever it, you know, they recalibrate and go, hold a second, you know, I love that. Mm-hmm. It, to me, that just sort of like, if the leader can't do that, That's I don't right. really think they're an effective leader. So That's I think right. on another podcast, I'd like to explore yeah. that with you. Yeah. And if I was to add, if I was, let's say I was consulting with that guy who, who, who said, who took a step back, yeah. was willing to accept it, phenomenal. Yeah. To have compassion and tolerance for yourself, he didn't have to diminish himself by saying, you're smarter than me and everyone else here. Because that feeds into this judgmental narrative kind of things like, great idea, phenomenal. We need more of that. Yeah. Still encouragement, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you don't need to diminish yourself to raise that person up. They're already raised up. They have the great idea, right? right? It helps add to that culture piece, right? Phenomenal stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Great. I'm so glad we had this conversation. Another good one. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, bro. Hi, guys. My name is Jim Watson, a.k.a. The Construction Guy. And one of the things I like about this podcast in particular is that we want to support a positive culture, not only for individuals, but the company itself. Mm-hmm. And as you've probably figured out by now, I love stories. I love telling my stories, but also love hearing stories. And if you feel like sharing your stories with us, we would love to hear it. But I'd ask you to keep the names, the places, the you know, we just want to hear the situation and uh, we'll have the good doctor here dissect it mm-hmm. and uh, give you a point of view from a mm-hmm. clinical uh, way. It'd be great to be able to hear from people. And we also want you to recognize that your individual experiences, we don't necessarily know all the details with it. We're describing stories. We're hoping it's relatable to you. And we're also hoping that it gives you a level of comfort and an opportunity to continue this conversation with somebody else, right? So if you want to talk with your, your colleagues or your, your supervisor or your family or friends, find local resources to continue this conversation because I feel that this is a, a great opportunity to be able to move yourself forward and to be able to expand. At the end of the day, our wellness cannot be something we keep secret. We have to educate others as to what we need and want in order to ultimately be successful. Exactly. Communication is key. Yeah. Talking it out. Excellent. Right on. Really want to thank you guys for watching, taking your time to pay attention to us, banter back and forth. Look forward to hearing how you've uh, manifested your flow, how you've been able to do your act of wellness, and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you at some point. Have a good one.